You're listening to the DA Sports Roundup Podcast. WV Sports from WVU's independent student newspaper. Hello and welcome to another edition of the DA Sports Roundup. I'm your host, Nick Kramer, along with my co-host, Cody Nesper, and today we have a special guest, Charles Montgomery. Today we're going to be talking about men's basketball, women's basketball, golf, tennis, and that is it. Track and field. Oh, track and field. It was not highlighted. My bad. <laughs> uh, so let's hop right in with men's basketball. The men's basketball team lost to Texas Tech 89-81 on Wednesday. Cody, let's let's open it up. All right. I mean, it was a bad game. They are bad on the road this year for no particular reason, I think. Charles, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, but they're bad on the road, but they're really good at home. Right. And Texas Tech, even though Texas Tech's not ranked, that's still that's not that bad of a loss. No, that's not a terrible loss. And only lose by eight, technically six, because those last two free throws don't really count because it's just the end like that. Mm-hmm. It's not that bad because Texas Tech was playing way better than we were. And for as bad as we played, only lose by eight points. It's Texas good. Tech shot 54.3% from the floor. 64.7% from three. That's, that's okay. No, that's bad. <laughs> that's not okay. <laughs> that's horrendous. They f- West Virginia has the best uh, opponent field goal percentage in the Big 12, and they let them shoot over half. That's it, a bad loss. It's starting, to, it's starting to crack. The defense is starting to crack. To o- where, only on the road. Yes, but it's starting to crack enough to where you think, okay, now we realize the offense and the way the offense has been the whole year, we need it to start picking up a little bit more, like Emmett or Jordan or somebody to start kind of picking it up a little bit because – I think they're starting to realize that, and you can look at Gabe, how he's played the last couple games. I think they're starting to realize that the defense isn't going to get us a Big 12 championship in the tournament, in the conference tournament, or then move farther along in the NCAA tournament. I think they're realizing that. Yeah, I think having Gabe actually step up on offense has been huge for this team because if he's stepping up on offense, you can increase his minutes, and he's one of our best defensive players. Mm -hmm. So... I'm happy to see that. Obviously, Texas Tech, he played really well, and we still lost. Um, well, he scored 15. Yeah. Which you I, you don't want Gabe to lead the team in scoring. You don't. No, no. you want him to score, but you do not want him to be the leading scorer. Right. And Derek Culver scored 16 points, 14 of which were free from throws. From the line. Which, by the way, 14 of 16 from the line. That's good. That's impressive. I mean, Texas Tech did it last year where they fouled him a bunch. Too. Yeah, yeah, and he shot 25 or yeah, something like something that. He shot like that. 25, 20, 22, something. An and they're like amount. the only team that so far this year has done what, what's hack-a-shack, that strategy against Culver. Yeah, which honestly, like some Culver's a, a streaky mm-hmm. free throw shooter. Some games he'll either miss all of them or he'll make most of them you know he, he was our best he was our best shooter for the first what 15 games of the year yeah. yeah he's our best free throw shooter by far yeah i mean i think he started the season off 10 of 10 from free throws mm-hmm. um he was up he was hovering around 80 percent for a while yeah and then i don't know what happened i, I don't understand why they would do it against Derek. Yeah, I would do like, it against Sheboy. Yeah, because Oscar's not a good free throw shooter. No. He's never been a good free throw shooter. Well, one thing, and I, I think he's, I think Oscar's more um, like liable to score under the basket. Mm-hmm. One Absolutely. thing I've noticed, if you pound, which he's gotten better about it now throughout the year, but one thing I've noticed that if teams kind of get at Derek and kind of smack him when he goes up and make him shoot free throws like Texas Tech did, it gets under his skin. And he yeah. gets kind of fired up. And it was a big thing when he got shoved by that Texas Tech guy, Shannon, 
mm-hmm. he didn't fire back at him. That's a big deal for him because he usually will go back at it. Yeah, no, that's something I've realized this year with Culver. A lot of the times when other guys have tried to get into his head a little bit, he's been a lot more relaxed and calm. There was one game, I don't remember who it was against, but uh, there was a guy, John Adam, and Culver took himself out of the game. You know, I, I think he's shown a lot of maturity this year in, in that aspect. There are four technicals. That, yeah. That, yeah. That, that was ridiculous. Oscar got one. I don't like that one on Oscar. He didn't do yeah, it. No, because like, they scream. say that all the time. Yeah, I hate it. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know what he said, obviously. but Well, they um, somebody tweeted that, like, it was somebody that was under the basket. They mm-hmm. tweeted that he said, get that out of here. Then I learned that he added a little bit extra to that. Oh. <laughs> little explicitive <laughs> thing. But it's like everyone said. And I heard. Well, uh, it was That was the third technical of the game, though. So the refs were going to call it. They were very touchy. Yeah, and there's true. a reason why they're very touchy because of Kansas and Kansas State. And so they weren't going to let anything go. Yeah. And it was just, I mean, even trash talk like that. That's how it goes. I just, I feel like there was somebody on ESPN that said this, and they said that the refs are calling it right, but that he wishes that the NCAA would allow it because that's part of the game. Trash talk is always going to be part of basketball. You're not going to get guys fired up and playing at the top level that they can play without being able to trash talk. It's just part of the game. So I, I feel, I agree with that. I think that the rules need to be changed a little bit. I don't think entirely. Like, you definitely got to still um, enforce some of the stuff, but I don't know. Worst stat for West Virginia on Wednesday, they got out-rebounded 32-23, to 23, which shouldn't happen. No, we should not be out-rebounded by, I don't think, anybody in the Big 12. Uh, so then Saturday, they got their revenge against Kansas State. Kansas State obviously beat them uh, early on in January on the road. It was a terrible loss. Kansas State came here on Saturday, and West Virginia won, uh, what was it, 66 to 57. Another not pretty basketball game. We talked about it yeah. last week, but they won. They so. went ugly. <laughs> and then, Charles, what you were talking about, Derek kind of getting fired up when guys push him around. I thought that happened in this game because he was getting shoved around a little bit early, and I think he kind of he took over. He had a double-double, 19 and 14. Um, and Kansas State's really the only team that's big enough to match up with West Virginia. And did did they say anything about Derek Culver's injury yet? So Huggins said he sprained his hand, but he also said he's had a hand sprain all year. Okay. So it's like not a big deal. What? This is so weird. Yeah, Huggins loves – he loves to drop stuff like that on. He's like, oh, yeah, Derek's hand. He made a reference to the Blue Jays in his postgame conference on Saturday. Did you catch that? The Blue Jays? Yes, he made a reference to the Blue Jays. He talked about the Raptors. Oh. Not the Blue Jays. I missed that. (laughs) I might have zoned out. <laughs> okay. That's that part. Um, for me, I think if we played the first half against Kansas State the way we did against Missouri even, that game would have been completely different. Our, our team just came out soft against Kansas State this week. Yeah. You know? Well, they, they started and ended the first half very, very poorly. Mm-hmm. But the middle was good, and then the second half was pretty much all good. Yeah. Even when they were up double digits, I was concerned. Just I don't know why. No, I was too. Every I kept time. thinking, hey, they got a chance of coming back here. Every time. It was just, even when we were up by a dozen at some points, I just thought, there's a chance here that we just might let our guard down, like we did against the Missouri in the first half. It's mm-hmm. hard to imagine that Kansas State has 12 losses. The way they've played West Virginia twice this year. I know. Like, how are they losing to other teams if they 
I, I guess they just don't play that well against other teams. Just get fired up against <laughs> us, I guess. <laughs> I don't knows? know. We never do well against Texas, against Kansas State, though. Why if you does, look at our past series, we never do that well against them. Why do people not like uh, Bruce Weber? I don't know. I like Bruce Weber. Yeah, I, don't, he's a, I don't like either. him. Well, I don't know why. I just okay, don't like him. Reason. He got I a, just I don't like him. He just got he got a lot of booze and like a lot of jarring from the crowd. He's easy though cuz he's out there. He's pretty vocal. Yeah. So he's easy to do that too. Well, I think when we were at Kansas State earlier this year, their fans were yelling uh sit down Bob and then ours were yelling the same thing at Bruce mm-hmm. uh, when they came here. You know if so, anybody should be mad, it should be the Kansas State fans at Huggins cuz he dipped out after one year. Yeah. Can you blame him? I'm, did I say I was blaming him? No. I'm or did saying. I say they should? They could be mad at him? They could be. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, after the split last week, uh, they fell in the rankings to 13. Yeah, that's not a big fall. Lucky number I'll 13. Take that. Yeah, that's fine. I know there were some people that still projected us to move up. Well, the problem was um, four or five ranked teams lost Saturday. Mm-hmm. So the thought was West Virginia would move up. But because they lost Wednesday, they actually moved down. So it's just like a missed opportunity. Um, yeah, we could, I think we could have been top 10 if we won both these yeah. games. Oh, for, yeah, certainly. Well, they got leapfrogged by a couple teams, too. Um, they stay at home on Wednesday against Iowa State. The Cyclones are 9-12 and 12 this year, 2-6 and six in the Big 12. They're not really good. The only teams they've beaten are Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Um, and they've been poor on the road, just like West Virginia has. So, you, you know, I jinxed it when they played Kansas State, and I'm, yeah. I was about to say it should be an easy game, but nothing's ever easy with we're this team. We're not saying that anymore. <laughs> yeah, we're not jinxing this team. <laughs> Let's just say they're pr- they're, it's going to be a hard game. Every game's a hard game in the Big 12. Um, and then sound like a Big 12 for commercial the, right now. <laughs> the, I hate that one. <laughs> Big 12 basketball commercial where, where they, they just all walk out. It's just like generic dudes. And then the, there's one guy, I, I think He's Iowa State or Kansas shirt. State that wears a long State. sleeve. Yeah. Yes, it's, it's so, so weird. I hate it's that. so weird. Um, the team travels for the Saturday game at Oklahoma. The Sooners are 14-7, and 4-4 four and four in the conference. They just beat Oklahoma State. So that I don't know how that game. Would no be. concern. I really you have no, no concern, concern over that. these two games. You're gonna jinx it. Yeah, I mean the one we got to travel to. Come on now. No concern. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So women's basketball. Um, we mentioned last week they had lost four in a row. They had the whole last week off before the game yesterday against Iowa State. Charles, you went to that game. They finally won again. Uh, what'd you see at the game? They were still. There's still a lot of work to do from where they were when they played Texas and then lost four straight, there's still a lot for them to do to get back to where they were. Uh, but a big thing, Kaiser scored in, in the 20s. I think she had 20 21. points. And then Tynese had 18. Mm-hmm. So that's a 39 points between the two of them, which that's what they were doing before the four-game losing streak. They were combined for about 45 points a game. So they are starting to pick it up. Tynese has back-to-back great games. She scored, I think, 22-24 against TCU before Sunday's game. So they're getting back to it. Coach Carey was happy. Um the biggest thing, it wasn't a great win, especially since they let Iowa State come back at the end. I was going to say, they kind of tried to it give it away. It was bad. The fourth quarter was not pretty. They they fouled a lot. They kept fouling. They fouled the entire game, which was kind of different for what they usually do. They're usually pretty good about that. But they looked pretty good, and Coach Carey just was happy that the morale boost that a win gives, especially for them after losing four straight, he's just happy they won. Just a lot that they need to work on still. Do you think that the whole week off going into this game was helpful for them? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And coming home, they it's mm-hmm. I feel like they just have not been home at all in about a month. Mm-hmm. But they have been. It's just they have not played well. They played really badly against Oklahoma. They played bad against Oklahoma State when they were home. 
against a very lower level team that they should have beaten by double digits. So I think this is a big game for them. They were able to come home and play. Now they're on the road for two games. It's just it's going to test them. They're not get, they're not getting a break. They're not getting a break. The Big Twelve is very wide open in the women's conference as well. So we'll it's kind of unfortunate because they started the season so well. In this four game losing streak, now kind of has them middling. Um, even in the conference, they're they're only four and four, so they're just smack dab in the middle. Um, and it, I mean, they started the season amazing. Yeah. Which they have, of course, the Big 12 always has the juggernaut in Baylor. Mm-hmm. So Baylor's far out in front of everybody. It does. It really doesn't matter what anybody else does. Baylor's undefeated in the conference. I think they're 7-0. and And so they're far and away better than every team in the conference right now. Our, but we have, a, we have a very good chance to – they're not out of it. No one's out of it, technically speaking. But it's just Baylor's up there at the top just kind of sitting there waiting. Well, it's you want to get the second seed in the – Big Twelve tournament, yes. so you don't have to play Baylor before the final. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, and but and the, the good thing was, which was an emphasis for this season, Coach Carey made was their non-conference schedule. They beefed up their non-conference. They made their non-conference a tougher, tougher slate of games, and so they took advantage of that. They lost one game, a game that they shouldn't have lost to uh, Creighton when they were in Mexico, but. They ran through the rest of their non-conference. Yeah, they did great. I mean, they did really. They beat number ten Mississippi State on the road. They mm-hmm. beat a ranked Michigan State team. They mm-hmm. beat Syracuse in Florida as well. They looked really good. So they're still a good team. It's just, it's tough when you have two elite scores, two of the best scores in the conference. Both are in the top ten for points per game, and they don't score. Yeah. it changes the entire team. And they're on the road all this week uh, at Oklahoma Wednesday, and then at Oklahoma State on Saturday. Uh, the Sooners are 11 and 10, 4 and 5 in the Big 12. They beat Kansas in overtime yesterday. And then the uh, Cowgirls are 12 and 9, 3 and 6 in the Big 12, and they are riding a three-game losing streak. They play Iowa State Wednesday before West Virginia on Saturday. So, I mean, those are two worse Big 12 teams, I would say. So it's a good opportunity for Virginia to get back on track. And they lost yeah, and to both of them roll, already. Kinda. They yeah. lost to both of them. So they kind of know what to expect. You would like to see that they'd have a little bit more fire in them to get these games because they need them. They really do. This is the one win's nice, but now you want to. And talking to Coach Carey last yet last night and Kaiser and Tynese, they want to get a win streak going. They have to to try and, like you said, get that two seed in the conference tournament. Mm-hmm. So moving on to uh, golf now, they defeated UConn by ten strokes in the first uh, spring. What is it? Uh, meet matchup? No, it'd would be, be uh, outing. Yeah, outing. Yeah, I think would be the correct outing, term. Yeah. In the first outing on Sunday, Matthew Sharpstein led with a seventy-one or one under par. Mark Goats and Nico Lang tied with a UConn player in second with uh, seventy-three and one over par. And uh, they travel to Gainesville to play in the Florida Gator Invitational next Saturday and Sunday. Would that be this Saturday, Sunday, actually? Um, no, it's next. Okay, the it four- is next. 14th and the 14th. 15th. Oh, okay. See, I'm still jealous of the golf team. Like, they get to go travel. <laughs> See, to, I, I know. They... Like, I, I bet you it's going to be, like, terrible weather here. 14th and 15th, and they're just going to be Man, in Gainesville. Florida. Maybe they need, need a manager, Kramer. Maybe they need a film guy. Oh, they need a video guy? Yeah, I'm maybe. there. <laughs> I got him. So uh, this outing was good for them. They had the three top guys um, and then tied for sixth and then tied for ninth. So nobody really did poorly. The worst West Virginia score was seven over, which it's their first like real match. Yeah, I mean, it's their, it's their first match of the uh, – 
of the spring, obviously, they had matches going on over the winter. Yeah. Well, they went to a um, bunch of tournaments. But, yeah, last. they're tournaments, so yeah. they're not really um, – I think I think you can expect a decent outing from this team most places. I well, think. they yeah. Well, if you recall, they got up into the rankings. In, yeah. in the winter. Or yeah, in the I fall. think it was their first time in the first time since yeah. the program came back. So, and they finished last year good too. They were two strokes out of making the regional. Mm-hmm. Um, so this spring should be interesting for them. This is a good start. Um, this is like their ease into it. Um, just play one team on a on a course. Um, yeah, and it seems like – correct me if I'm wrong, but don't they have a while before the season, like, truly kicks off? Like, you, I think it's, like, a, the a fu- month until it's, like, Big 12 at least, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. See, I mean, I know they got, like, other stuff before that, but I I count Big 12 season as the start of the real season. <laughs> yeah, let's see. They play next weekend. They, they're in Florida. The weekend after that, they're in Florida. Uh, the weekend – oh, no, the third weekend in March, they're in South Carolina – uh, and then North Carolina, weather, Penn State, good weather, and then no? Big Twelves. Big Twelves are at the end of April. End of April. So right, they're yeah, not. So they're they playing other Big Twelve teams in these tournaments, right? But they're not like head to head against Big Twelve teams. Okay, that makes sense. It's kind of like uh, what other sport? Kind of like cross country, where you don't, you know, you don't run against yeah. a, a single team. You run at the meet, and depending on well you do there is where you get ranked. Yep, I get, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Let's talk about a team. We usually talk about Rifle being dominant. Mm-hmm. The tennis team this weekend took no prisoners. They played uh, Towson on Friday and Toledo on Sunday and beat them both 7 to nothing. Wow. So That's dominance right pretty there. Pretty good, yeah. Um, so let's see. On Friday, every singles player, so one through six singles, one in straight sets, and Sophia Duran had a shutout in her second set, number five singles. And then I want you to read the names of the number three. Oh, okay. <laughs> Giovanni Caputo and Anastasia Bovolskaya. Bovolskaya. I think. Yeah. I think he's got it Bovol- right. Bovolskaya. Uh, shout out their opponents in number three doubles six zero against Toledo. I mean, that's. It's not like to say. Just I mean, they beat them. <laughs> they beat yeah. them real bad and really easily. I mean, I, looking at these scores, this was dominance. On they didn't. Display. They didn't lose a set. They didn't no. lose a set in a match. That 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 is just pure dominance. Mm-hmm. You know, I you don't see that very often. And then they rolled it into Toledo. Toledo actually, I, I don't think they had six players because they had to forfeit number three doubles and number six singles. So I think Toledo only had five girls. Interesting. It's kind of weird for a program i mean obviously yeah. a d1 program to not have a whole team i wonder if some of them are either injured or sick hurt or, or i don't know it's the beginning of the spring so maybe they don't want to make you know they don't want to travel everybody or coronavirus maybe sure. i don't know <laughs> well, I, I would i would imagine i i would probably not even like injured to the point where they're out just like banged up yeah and you don't want to they're just like yeah, well, yeah. Uh, we don't need this play them so so i mean once a team has to forfeit two of the seven matches uh, yeah you're, you're not gonna win if you're forfeiting yeah. two of the so seven, most likely yeah i mean unless something crazy happens but yeah west virginia won that one too they a single match went um to three sets it was number two singles but Anne sophie corteau won six to two oh to six six to four um and then capito had a shutout in uh number three singles six to nothing and their next matches are here Next weekend. Buffalo. Or this, this weekend against Buffalo and, and George, George, Washington. George Washington. Where do they play at? Uh, I believe it's over behind the basketball uh, coliseum. That's what I thought. So 
Are they, they're not yeah. indoor, are they? Indoor? No, they do play indoor until uh, I think April. Mm. They play out at University High School. Mm. Oh, I was wrong then. Yeah. Uh, but during the summer, I think they play back there, right? Yeah. Yeah, or spring, I That's guess. That's why I was confused because I don't know if they were going to play out in the cold or not. Yeah, that would be no fun. I mean, it's not It's not been a bad winter. No, it really... I, it I, snowed like twice so far. And with that snow, it didn't even cover the grass completely at all. Yeah. You know? You know, it's been I a just, very light one. I, I, mean, think, I think that just means we're going to get it in February. <laughs> see, I don't think so because the way I'm looking at it, last year... Um, Spruce Street, the day of that, was the mm-hmm. last big snow, and that was a year from two days ago now. Yeah. Uh, so I'm kind of looking at it thinking we're almost in in the clear here. I, I think we're going to have I, spring I just before. don't trust it. I don't trust it. Did you not I'm pay attention it. to Puck's Tawny Phil yesterday? I don't trust yeah. the groundhog. He's a little how, rat. How do you not? He's a little rat. What's he? Bill not? Murray trusts the groundhog. <laughs> Yeah, Super Bowl commercial. Jeep Bill, Bill Murray got <laughs> trapped in a time warp for like forty years. What are you talking about? More Bill than Murray that, if you look at the if you look at the Jeep commercial, it looked like he was there for fifty or sixty. Um, Did not age. What well. were we talking about? Oh, good. Another thing about the uh, good uh, winter baseball team practice outside. Yeah, yeah, weren't able to do that last year. I don't know how helpful that is. I mean, honestly, Play, playing is on it? the field as opposed to playing indoors. Yeah, but I mean, the indoor facility is basically turf too. Well, think about it like this. Pitching, if you pitch indoors, it's climate controlled, 70 degrees, and then you start playing games and it's 30 something. They bring in those big turbo fans and they use them. I'm not buying that. Yeah, I don't think so. (laughs) I don't think they would. I I just, all I'm saying. I, I get Why are you saying. arguing with No, no, no I get <laughs> what you're just, saying. I just, they're I just think. playing outside. All I said was it's good for them to get outside. You know what? I disagree completely. Okay, you know what? <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> Their immune health does. They had. Uh, we haven't talked about baseball yet, but they start next Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, they had two guys on the All-12 preseason team, Tyler Dones, who I think is going to be one of the best players in the conference. Think so? He was Well, he led the team last year in OPS, uh, batting average, doubles, extra base hits. He's he's just really good offensively, um, and now he's kind of like one of the only guys returning on offense. Okay. So, I mean, I, I very well could see him being one of the better players in the conference. Okay. Well, um, we will talk about that more next week. Next week. Though. And then the other All-Big 12 preseason guy was um, Paul McIntosh, who's moving to catcher full-time this year. He DH'd last year. Okay. But he was also – he's like – they're two of the three returners in the field. Which is not ideal. <laughs> no. But yeah, we'll talk about baseball more. Yeah, baseball will be, we'll probably have a decent segment last yeah. or, uh, next week. Okay, yeah, because they start yeah. next weekend. So, uh, but for now, we're going to hop into the last segment here track and field. Track and field. They competed at the Penn State National Open over the weekend. And they they did all right. They did all right. They did, they did right. really, they did well in the um, distance. In, in the running, yeah, the distance running and jumping. And not too well at like throwing or anything else. Yeah. Or the sprints. So let's, I just did all the top 10 finishes. So we'll go through that real quick. In the 600 meter, Amber Dombrowski, ninth place, uh, a minute 37. 800 meter, Haley Jackson, seventh place, two minutes, 9.18 seconds. 1,000 meter, Candace Archer, she won with two minutes, 52.49 seconds. That was three seconds faster than second place. That's impressive. Which is, yeah, That's, really yeah. good. Um, it's the, almost a mile right there. A thousand meters? Yeah. Yeah. And then in the 3,000 meter, Marianne Abdullah, she came in third at 10 minutes, 
7.19 seconds. And then in the distance medley, which I think is my favorite event just because it's cool. I do enjoy the distance It's medley. just weird. Like, why why do it? it? But it's weird. And then most of these people that run in it already competed in yeah. long distance stuff during the day. So it just, I feel bad for them, but like, <laughs> thank you. Uh, West Virginia finished second with a time of 11 minutes, 40.52 seconds. The runners were Haley Jackson, Amber Dombrowski, uh, McKenna Vander Hayden and Antigone Archer. And then in the long jump, Peter Gay McKenzie came in third with 5.93 meters. And in the triple jump, how do you think you say that? Misha? Maisha. Maisha Not won with a 12.41 meter jump. 0.16 better than second place. Hmm. And then they had a single pentathlon computer. I don't know why. Why do people sign up for the like pentathlons and decathlons that, I, and stuff? Because it's, I, I guess it's cool. I don't. I don't know, man. That's, I'd be pretty. I think it'd be pretty cool. It's tough. I don't. I know I couldn't do you it. You got to do like a million cool. events in a row. I guess five for the yeah <laughs> a million pentathlon. Well, um, Erica, how do you think you pronounce your last name? Hedgley. Hegel. Hegel. Maybe Hegel. I don't know. Okay, so Erica maybe Hegel finished fifth. With 3,074 points, she came in second in the 800-meter fifth, in the 60-meter hurdles, sixth in the high and long jumps, and she won shot put. So now where, where does that rank, you think? Like, what do you mean? Like, oh, finished fifth. I'm dumb. My bad. <laughs> she finished, well, it was five out of six, so it wasn't a great finish. Oh, well, I mean, it, it's the jumps that killed her there because, I mean, yep. she had a strong run and a very strong shot put. Yeah, um, yeah it was jumping. But, yeah. So, Anything with jumping, because hurdles, that's jumping, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the analysis people listen to. That, that right there is the top analyst. Hurdle. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, you're probably like the third or fourth best track analyst in Morgantown. I'll take it. What does that say about Morgantown? <laughs> <laughs> what does that say about me? Right, yeah. Yeah. So Smart. They, they compete uh, at the Akron Invitational um February 6th through the 8th. So what's that, Thursday through Saturday or Sunday? Wednesday through 6th, uh, Saturday. Okay. Thanks, Charles. Good answer. <laughs> At Akron. That's not too far either. So it'll be cold up there, though. It's probably indoors. <clears throat> ah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think I would know that, but... I mean, don't. I don't expect you to know stuff. Yeah, but I know Akron, so... Alrighty, well, I think that will wrap it up for us here at the DA Sports Roundup. Again, I'm your host, Nick Kramer, with Cody Nesper and Charles Montgomery. Follow us at, at DA Sports on Twitter. Go to uh, www.daonline to read some of the articles. And other than that, have a wonderful night.